As you know, we're now in the first sitting week of the Federal Parliament. Already, there is a stack going on. The Prime Minister was in damage control of sorts when he first announced changes to those Stage 3 tax cuts, but now it's the opposition supporting the move, albeit begrudgingly with caveats, and I can understand that. Now, they're going to push for some amendments, the Coalition, but they're going to fail. Uh, So the Liberals and the Nationals will vote in favour of the government's legislation at the end of the day. It's just one of many issues, though, coming up this week. And I want to particularly look at what's happening in the bush, because too often we ignore them with an almost complete focus on the city. David Littleproud, as you know, is the leader of the Nationals. He's on the line. Uh, David, thank you for your time once again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Just before we go to the protest outside the Parliament yesterday and the broader issue of renewables and the energy transition and the constituents that you represent in the bush, I just want to play you something you said yesterday regarding the Stage 3 tax cuts. We should have walked in here yesterday and and put something temporary and targeted to those low and middle income earners and continued on with the tax reform. That was the common sense solution. But of course, polls would say they're happy, they they like this $15 extra a week. In fact, that was this morning, wasn't it, David? You saying that we should have, that is the coalition, should have put something temporary and targeted to the low and middle income earners, but continued with stage three. The coalition, they were going to back the changes to stage three. Uh, Why are they going to do that if what you say, and I agree with you, makes sense? Well, we're not in government, but we want to make sure that the policies that are brought forward that help people, um, that we can support and reducing tax. And it's important to understand we gave the first two stages uh, of tax under our government, uh, tax relief to low and middle income earners. And the third stage, uh, we still believe in, in terms of uh, making generational change that will help young people into the future of tackling bracket creep because this is just a short-term solution that the government's uh, had and an idea around cost of living pressure uh, that will relieve, apparently, families, but not for another five months, because they don't come effect for another right, five months. July 1. So why wouldn't we have just come in and said, they understand there's a cost of living issue for low- and middle-income earners. Why didn't we just say, continue on with this important tax reform, but actually put something that was temporary and targeted uh, and actually address... Uh, the drivers of inflation, which is your food bill and your energy bill. And this is what we're just doing short-term political gain for the Prime Minister uh, to give him a sugar hit because he was feeling the heat, uh, rather than actually what's right for the country in the long term. And I can tell you, there'll there'll be uni students that are at university today that are going to pay the bill for this down the track. That's right. Because we haven't had the courage to face up to bracket creep. And we need to continue to do that. And we'll go to the next election, uh, not repealing any of these changes, but actually continue to look to address that, to have a fairer tax system well into the future. But see, the problem, Uh, David, is, and you know this, the problem is by not repealing this at the next election, you you do stymie your ability to do broader tax reform because this is a very expensive change. Uh, And so any change that is uh, targeted to try to iron out bracket creep, which is the whole purpose of Stage 3, probably becomes unaffordable because of this tweak. Well, and that's where we've made that commitment, but we'll do it when we can afford it and we get the economy to the point where we've repaired the damage that Labor's uh, undertaken. But I also understand that Labor spent an extra $200 billion uh, since they've been in, in government for just 18 months. Uh, they've been they've been uh, flitting out your money pretty darn quickly, uh, and, and a lot of things. They've got eleven thousand extra bureaucrats sitting here in Canberra, uh, pushing paper around. So this is where we'll get back to the core principles of making sure 
that we continue to give as much money of, of uh, Australians back to them that we don't need here in government. We only take the bare essentials uh, and we make sure that that's the way to drive the economy, to drive our nation forward, is to have that aspiration to do more, to work more and to, and to earn more. Uh, because that's not, not just good for, for the individual, it's good for the country. And so that's the tax policy we'll come back to uh, at the next election. And, and everyone will know exactly where we are. But that guiding principle of aspiration and about flattening out these tax brackets will be something we will continue to tackle. Uh, and we won't use uh, polls being concerned about short term polls. Uh, to blow up what is very, very important, taxation reform. Good. Well done. Uh, all right, let's look at the regions here. Uh, there was a big rally outside Parliament yesterday. You made the point uh, that you've got to saturation point in regional Australia when it comes to a lot of this renewable infrastructure, big solar farms, turbines, the transmission lines and all the rest of it. You say that new renewable energy projects in regional Australia must now be stopped, that the city needs to take a greater share. Uh, how was that received? Well, I think that's just common sense, uh, and we can do it with um, solar panels on people's rooftops, helping families in, in capital cities where the concentration of population and the concentration of power is required, uh, and that alleviates the need for the 28,000 kilometres of new transmission lines, because all the renewable projects that have been done out there at the moment in regional Australia have been done near existing transmission lines. That's over. Yep. They now have to plug new ones in, and so we're tearing up our food security pushing up our food prices and also tearing up the very thing that these things are meant to protect the environment when there are other solutions. Now, we think we, we can do things differently and that's about making sure you use common sense and, and actually incentivising uh, households and businesses to have energy independence. Are farmers being pressured? Uh, if you, they're your constituents. Are they being pressured to tear up, as it were, the productive farmland and turn it over to a solar farm, for example? Yeah, and, and this is where each state's a little different. Uh, in some cases, they're getting agreement, but got to understand while the farmer might get paid for having a wind tower or solar panel on it, it's the, it's the 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 other families to plug this in that get impacted by the transmission line that goes over them. They're farmers. They want to produce your food and fibre, and that's what we should be doing. And when there are other alternatives, when you know it's not have... And we shouldn't be putting... This is the other folly that we've got to make sure Australians understand. Chris Bowen and Anthony Albanese want us to go to a full renewable energy grid. That's dangerous. You should have energy mix. and So that gives a protection of our grid. And in here in Australia, we've got sovereignty of all our resources. So why wouldn't we have continue to have coal and gas with carbon capture storage and then have the courage to take away the ban on, on nuclear mm -hmm. and, and bring in a nuclear energy here that's zero emissions. Plug them in where existing coal-fired power stations are. You don't need the new transmission lines. So they're going to cost you probably close to $100 billion. And just have a look at your bill now. About half of that is, is poles and wires, or service charges. So why wouldn't we pause, plan and get this right? And we've got everything at our feet here. And let's just use some common sense. And the first thing I did when I became Nationals leader was write to Albanese and said, Let's have a National Energy Summit. Let's put everything on the table. Uh, and I'm prepared to have the courage of my conviction on nuclear. And if it's, if it's too expensive, well, let the market decide rather than Chris Bowen and me screaming at one another. I'm, I'm prepared to be proved wrong. Let's find out in the marketplace. Well, I agree. But I think you'll, yeah. find, I think you'll find that there's investment. Even Deutsche Bank has, has made it clear they've got investors that are prepared to come and do this because this is a way uh, to preserve those coal jobs and coal-fired power station jobs uh, as well as making sure that we've got affordable, reliable energy and spreading our risk across the energy basket, not just putting it in one, which is dangerous for our sovereignty.
Well said. I've got 60 seconds literally here. I've made the point that the regions, though, and you represent them, face a two-pronged front when it comes to this meeting net zero. That is The first part is what we've discussed, the changes in infrastructure to do with the energy grid. The second bit is, though, what's been energising the farmers in Europe this week, and that is legislated changes forcing them to use less fertiliser, new vehicles, livestock restrictions, more organics and all of this. Now, we don't have all that legislation here yet, or I don't think we do, but to meet national net zero targets, it's more than the electricity grid that's going to have to change, isn't it? The agriculture industry and the way it does business is also going to have to change. We have the most productive farmers in the world. But are you anticipating European-style scenes here with those changes? Well, I think we hopefully we won't see those. I'm, I'm concerned about the government's approach to methane. That's what really worries me and about how they're going to address that. I think you'll find that most of our farmers, there's, there's more than just uh, this energy stuff. We've had 450 gigalitres of water, extra water taken off us. We've had live sheep ban. And they're about to bring in a tax, so everyone knows, $153 million tax on their farmers. Next week, they're going to bring a bill in to pay for the biosecurity costs of your, our foreign competitors to bring their product to Australian shelves and compete against Australian farmers. Now, what parallel universe does a government do that to their own farmers? So there are a whole plethora of issues that Australian agriculture is under siege mm, on. Mm. And we're, and hopefully the NFF will mobilise these farmers from across the country again. Because 40 years ago, there was about 40,000 of them turned up here on the front steps of Parliament House. Yeah. I think it's about time we do it again, because otherwise your food and fibre is going to get a lot dearer. Watch this space. Good to talk. Thank you for your time, David. Thanks, mate. David Littleproud, leader of the Nationals.